venture capital and real estate funds. Doug Shackelford is a tax professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. The general partner is the one that's going to be helping manage these companies, provide knowledge, expertise, etc. So like the ship captain who got his special cut of profits, the general partner is rewarded for expertise. His or her so-called carried interest is taxed as a capital gain at a top rate of about 24 percent instead of at the higher rate for ordinary income like the rest of us pay. But many experts and politicians question, isn't expertise just like work? To what extent are they really workers who uh, should be receiving wages and salaries for their expertise? And should those fund managers then be taxed at income rates as high as 44 percent, way more than capital gains tax rates? I'm Annie Baxter for Marketplace. Our favorite Nobel Prize was announced early this morning, the one for economics. It went to two economists, one British by way of Harvard, the other Finnish by way of MIT, for their work on contract theory, the way the contracts work in real life, and what that means for negotiating good ones. Contract theory is about getting the best bang for your buck. And really, who shouldn't get a Nobel Prize for making that easier? From Washington, Marketplace's Scott Tong is on that one. Nobel laureate number one. Bengt Holmstrom of MIT, in part for his work on labor contract incentives. Here's an example. Say you run a factory. You might pay each worker per thing produced. Makes sense. But would you pay a teacher based on student test scores? Here's economist Steve Tadellis at Berkeley. Possibly not, because we want them to, you know, raise our kids to be creative, to be mentors. You force them to just spend all their energy on that one thing, because that's what they're getting paid for. Awardee number two. Oliver Hart of Harvard. He focused on contracts and uncertainty. Now say you run a local government. You might privatize trash pickup and find it saves money. Then privatize a prison and find the prisoners aren't fed enough. Understanding these trade-offs is hugely important, says Roger Meyerson of the University of Chicago, himself a past Nobel economics winner. The right answer is not privatize everything. The right answer is not have collective ownership for everything. A good theory needs to be able to go both ways. Precisely the kind of theory we need to understand the real world. This prize is not just about theory. Holmstrom and Hart's work helps people to write and negotiate good contracts. This being baseball season, some of the stars are in their last contract years and looking for the next one. Here's Jonathan Levin, economist at Stanford. They have tremendously strong incentives to perform at the very highest level. In the first year of a 10-year contract, Maybe the incentives are a little weaker because their pay is guaranteed for the next 10 years. Contract theory helps a team structure deals and maximize its investment. Understanding the money ball of life is what this year's prize is about. I'm Scott Tong for Marketplace. On Wall Street today, lots of buying contracts. We'll have the details when we do the numbers. The latest news out of Haiti in the wake of Hurricane Matthew is not good. As many as a thousand people dead, according to reports, whole towns wiped out and a looming cholera outbreak as well. If you've been thinking about how you might help, so have a whole lot of other people. And there are plenty of organizations gearing up to take your money. But Haiti has a complicated history when it comes to aid. Jonathan Katz was the Associated Press Bureau Chief in Haiti during the earthquake six years ago. His book about that quake and the aid that followed is called The Big Truck That Went By. Jonathan, thanks for coming on the program. Good to be here. 
There is a disconnect between, as as uh, uh, the the drive for aid gets mounted here, there is a disconnect between that public and private aid uh, and conditions on the ground. And, and it seems like it, it has been for years and years and years. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's some fundamental misunderstandings about the way that aid works. We have this humanitarian aid industry, and that industry is constantly functioning. It just gets into a slightly higher gear. Hmm. And really, the work that those aid groups do is never really intended to make the long-term systemic difference that's necessary in order to help the country face the next disaster to come. Well, that's exactly it. It's one thing to put a roof over somebody's head on day three after an earthquake or a hurricane, and it's another thing to put a roof over uh, their head five years later. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you need you need systems, you need institutions, you need all you need all kinds of things that that, that don't exist.